Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bible up. Cup your hand. Whatever you have to do. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to take just a moment, um, bring you up to speed on uh, the Ukraine situation. Uh, four years ago, this coming April, I was invited to do a pastor's conference in Kiev and had a wonderful time, met a lot of wonderful people, wonderful pastors there, and a country that loves God and worships God and is currently being invaded by a little small man with a big passion to kill. And uh, I might go off in the flesh here in a minute but Putin is 5'6 he has little man syndrome anyway so that was tacky but true so I I've been in contact with with uh, some of them and uh, I texted Yuroslav who was my driver while I was there you don't typically drive in foreign countries it's a risk it says I said uh, praying for you are you still okay he said hello mark yes everything is okay with me kiev is being shelled for the second day this was the other day friday but god saves us that's what he says and so then he goes i said amen please let me know if we can do anything for you he said thanks bro so far thank god nothing is needed just pray that this horror would end as soon as possible i'm just angry at putin i hate this freak i think sometimes christianity just needs to go out there a little bit and this guy's big enough to take Putin and his whole family. And um, he says, I don't understand why the whole world is waiting so long to give a hard rebuff to him. He won't stop until he's destroyed. He spent many wars where he was al- always won and believed in his immortality. But Ukraine is not uh, that kind of country. We are stronger. We are more collected. And we will not give up. But the victims in this Ukraine may be less if the world shows its unity with Ukraine, he will not be able to fight the whole world. So uh, I want to show you a video. This is, uh, before we run it, a friend of mine in Austin, uh, has been friends since college, has a big church in Austin, Texas called Shoreline. And uh, they, a church in Poland connected with them some years ago and took on their name and became a partner church in Poland with Shoreline Church Austin. And um, I got a, uh, this. I got this video this morning uh, from uh, the church there. It's Rob and Laura Coke. Is past, they pastor Shoreline Austin, and he sent me this video this morning from the pastor of Shoreline Church in Poland. And I just thought I'd run it for you and let you see some of the stuff going on there. Hello, Pastor Rob and Pastor Laura. Hello, family Shoreline. I am uh, uh, on the Ukrainian-Polish border right now. Uh, you can see, oh, probably not, there is a big line of cars with people, refugees from Ukraine. Uh, we just, uh, we've just taken uh, seven people 
they are right now with us uh, going to the Shoreline Church when we prepared rooms for them and uh, all things to, to survive this very, very hard time. Well, thank you for your prayers. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you for your support and let God bless praying. Hello, Pastor Rob. You get to see just an insight of what's going on, the, the refugees fleeing uh, the Ukraine to find safety. And, uh, and so that's just a part of it. Uh, we've been invited to share in that at the end of this service if you would like to designate a, an offering toward this we will send it to Shoreline Austin they are going to be uh, transferring funds to Poland tomorrow and uh, I know that we talk about praying and we should pray but I think also we probably should give and be a part of this um, it's it's very hard um, for me, as uh, I've been there, I know these people, and, and I've been where Putin is right now in the Ukraine, and it's it's devastating to see what's going on. So anyway, just wanted you to be aware of that. You know, the media outlets have their spin on things, and, and I don't trust them a lot. So anyway, just me, and you can get mad at me if you want. I'm going to be, be happy. All right, we're going to talk about favor today. And uh, it, it, one of the reasons I wanted to share this with you is I'm not overlooking the seriousness of what's going on in our world today. At the same time, I uh, I don't want us to uh, I don't want us to forget that in the midst of all the chaos, there is God, and uh, so we know He is with our friends there. Um, you may remember the scripture. When, when the angel approached Mary and, you know, he said, you are highly favored. And, you know, sometimes favor comes in different ways at different times. And uh, we don't really totally understand favor, which is why I want to do this, this sermon, this series, and I'll finish it today. But um, growing up, I always felt like that uh, I always felt the presence of God. I always felt the favor of God. Even when I didn't know God, I felt something different. As a matter of fact, my older brother told me just years ago that he would be mad at me because it seemed like everywhere I went I had favor. And I'm not boasting. I'm just saying in my mind uh, that was one thing I just believed God for, that, that I would have favor. And uh, I can't explain it. Don't know why. Uh, but then I began to think, why do I have favor? What, what, why would God give me favor? And I realized that God wants to give everybody favor. And uh, I, I believe that some of God's response, if not much of God's response, is in response to how we think, how we speak, uh, how we honor, how we obey Him. Uh, it, it's not works. It's, it's just simply understanding that God has a place for everyone. You're not an accident. You were born by design. The time and the day and the very minute, the second you were born, was ordained by God. And so God has a plan for our lives, and the devil wants to distract us, confuse us, and create chaos to get our minds off of God. And I'll be talking about this next Sunday in detail uh, as I talk through the things that, that God wants us to do to experience all that God has for us to experience. And it's very easy to get caught up 
in what's going on in the world around us. And I, I am touched, and we should all be touched by what's going on. At the same time, we should not be controlled. And that's what Yuroslav was basically saying. And the, the, my driver, he's such a fine, these are fine, fine people. They're, it's just amazing uh, that all over the world, God has planted Christians. And uh, the devil may look like he's having his day, but it's not going to last long. I'm just here to declare it's not going to last long because Jesus will not be outdone. He will not be overshadowed. And whatever the devil means for harm, God's going to turn for good. And this world is going to go from glory to glory, and the whole earth is going to see Jesus when he returns on a white horse, and he is going to come back for those who call him God. So I don't want us to lose our focus. I don't want us to give up our position and our place. I believe that the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by God. And that means that if every one of us get up every day and say, God, today order my steps, uh, we may go through some tough times. But if we stay focused on that truth, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, even in tough times, you're going to realize that sometimes it's the tough times, it's the valleys that produce in us the strength that we need to experience the good times and not forget what got us to where we're going hard times happen to everybody but you don't have to live a hard life because of hard times and so uh in uh luke chapter 4 this jesus said this the spirit of the lord is on me he has appointed me to preach good news to the poor so jesus is giving us uh his purpose for being on earth if you don't think that purpose is important and place is important, it's very critical that we understand that throughout even just the Gospels, uh, there were specific locations uh, that, that Jesus would put himself in and even the disciples to experience the blessing and favor of God. I can't live my life the way I would want to live my life, and I'm glad because the way God wants me to live it is better than the way I could ever design it. And so I realize I've been bought with a price. My life is no longer my own, but it belongs to him. And I have to remember that every day because I have a plan for my life. The devil has a plan for my life, and God has a plan for my life, and some other people have a plan for my life. And there's only one plan that's going to find the blessing and favor of God, and that's God's plan. And so I know that I know that I know that if I will access that plan, put myself in the right place, therein lies the blessing of God. I can't do what I want to do. I don't want to do what I want to do because it will betray myself. And, and that's where we have to say, I'm not going to allow all that's going on around me to affect the faith that God has deposited in me. And it's very easy to say, wow, what's the world coming to? I got an answer for that, an end. As someday we will see that. Now, I don't know if this is the day. I got up yesterday morning reading Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, a scripture that I've studied throughout the years about the armies from the north, i.e. Russia, and then we've got China. We've got all this going on in the world. And the world is very concerned, as if the pandemic wasn't enough. Now we, we're on the brink of what could be World War III, and I only smile because it doesn't change one thing about my attitude toward God or you or anybody else. I'm going to live until I die, and I'm going to smile until I die. And I'm going to stay positive till I die. And I'm going to believe God until I die. And, uh, you know, this is just, we have to, to develop a strong soul. And, and we have to stay in a place of faith because without faith we can't please God. And so I love Yuroslav's response. I mean, it's just, he's just that kind of person where, 
He just is like, we're stronger than this. And he's being, you know, he's around all of this, this shelling. He could have been out of the country, uh, but he stayed. And so, you know, it's just something to be said for that. And it says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus said, this is my purpose. They want to kill me. They're going to want to kill me. They're ultimately going to kill me. But here's what I was sent to do. And to announce that captives shall be released and the blind shall see, that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors, and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And it's not just the year. It's a life of God's favor. And there are seasons where I, I know that all of us have said, where are you, God? If you've never prayed that prayer or never said that, you would be one in a million, gazillion. Where are you, God? Why am I going through this? Why am I having this kind of problem? And the goal of Satan is to pull you out of the place of God's blessing. Now, all I have to deal with, one of my worst problems is driving. I can be pulled out of place easily when it comes to driving. It's like, you know, God, I'll be right back. I got this. Don't ever tell God you got this. But that's what I, I, I have. So I get, so I, I, when Susan's with me and, I'm, I, and I let somebody in that I know is trying to merge because they didn't merge when they were supposed to because they're in a hurry and they want to get around. You ever been around those people? And I just want to cut over in the lane and go, oops, sorry. But I know I'm not in the right place in the frame of mind when I do that. And so when I let a car in, I tell Susan, look at what I just did. I feel like a first grader that brought home an A. You know, I'm so proud of myself when I'm, when I'm nice behind the wheel because typically I'm really not. I know that disappoints some of you who want a perfect pastor, but I'm just being honest. You get in front of me, you pull in front of me, we'll play bumper and then I'll pray for you. I don't know what your weakness is, but that's just one of mine. Okay, I can move along now with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news is the grace of God abounds far beyond the sin of man. Makes me feel good. God is good. And so what we oftentimes look at is say, well, God, I deserve your favor. I deserve your grace. We don't deserve any of those. Uh, we, we look at how good we've been versus how good God is. In a world that talks a lot about worship, and after the pandemic, many people, uh, and, and some of you watching online, have never been step foot in a church since uh, March or February of 2020. And I implore you to get back into church. Because here's, here's the deception, demonic deception, is if you don't think the devil's courageous, how would you like to try to tempt the very Son of God in the wilderness when he's starving? That's how bold and brash Satan is. He would even come straight up into Jesus' face. What makes you think he's not going to get in yours? He's going to do his best to keep you from the will of God, from the place of God, from serving God, and here's what happens. So we now worship and we applaud oh it's, it's great we come in we worship god but let me say this to you worship devotional time all those things are good but that's not really what jesus talked about when he said i didn't come to be served i came to serve he didn't say i didn't come to be worshiped i came to worship the father he didn't say that 
He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And he also talked about our role in servanthood. Now, so listen to this, because I'm trying to get you in a place and keep me in a place where the blessing of God and the favor of God pours upon our lives. So the reality is the church has become a worship center, and it should be a community of servant people, servant center. Because we, 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 this pandemic has caused people to stay at home in their pajamas. I can see you. That freak you out? It's new technology. We're right in your living room right now. Alexa is telling on you. And so what bothers me is I was doing the men's breakfast yesterday, and this revelation came to me. The challenge is we've been trying to get people back into worship, but really the church ought to be getting people back into service. That's what I thought, about 32.8%. The church is a facilitator for your gift, for your service, for your talent, for everything else. When you begin to help others, your life will be changed. The favor of God, trust me, comes upon you. You put yourself in a place of God's favor. That's what Mary did. That's what throughout the Bible we see people, God telling them to do something, they'd go do it, the favor of God, the power of God, the anointing of God would be there. And so my thing is, I love the fact that we come in and worship, but I love it even more when I see people serving. And I believe that's what a house of worship should be, is a place of service and worship to God. And so that, to me, is where the favor is. So let's start with righteousness. Righteousness produces favor. And you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not righteous because you're right. You're not righteous because you're good. You're not righteous because you do good deeds. You are righteous because you have put yourself in a place where God can bless you and extend favor to you. Psalm 512 says, Surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as with a shield. You bless the righteous. So, first off, we have to be in, put our place in Christ, not just in the world or in the church, but our place in Christ. And remaining in him. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always. God will be there. What we don't realize is, in, in the great debate, I had a conversation with a man yesterday was telling me about uh, one of his family members that, that will tell you he's a Christian. And uh, he said, I'm going to heaven. And, and, but he said, I, you know, he told his dad, he said, I'm, I'm going to live life the way I want to live life. And here's what I do. Here's the way I live life. And he said, how do I answer that? I said, well, first off, getting to heaven is really pretty easy. Jesus made that route clear. He cleared the way for us. He said, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, religious people hate it when I say it's easy, but let's get real. I didn't do one thing to deserve heaven except confess Christ as the Lord of my life. That's the only reason I get to go. Now, some of y'all look at pastors and think we have like a fast pass like at Disney World. No, a matter of fact, we have to drive an all-terrain vehicle to get there. Because we have to deal with all of you. But the reality is that it's not our work. It's, it's it, it, getting heaven to earth is the challenge. And so he said, what do I tell him? I said, well, here's the reality. Is that God doesn't, he wants us to experience heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. 
And so God is trying to keep us from destroying ourselves because he was telling me his, his son gets sloppy drunk and, you know, all this stuff. And I said, you know, there, there are a lot of risks here, just circumstantial, situational risks that he puts himself in getting, experiencing God. I mean, you, you just have to position yourself, and that is not the position that you might want to be in. Now, religious people would say, well, he just canceled his ticket to heaven. No, he just canceled heaven's ticket to him in that moment. When I say canceled, it postponed, whatever you want to say. But the reality is I want to daily throughout each and every day be in a place where I can experience God's blessing. So don't feel judged. Don't Because I, I said, you know, I, I, the church historically, were, you know, if you, you were in good graces when you were good, you were in bad graces when you were bad. But the reality is you're in the grace of God all the time. Where sin abounds, grace does more abound. But the problem with it is, is we don't position ourselves throughout every day, all the time, to be in that place of God. We have to constantly say, God, where do you want me? I've told you this story many times. When I was a youth pastor, let me tell you something. Youth pastors make no money. That's why we don't have one. Anyway, so... That just kind of came out. <laughs> well, I have one someday, but they make no money. I was making no money. And I worked hard. I had a 1,000 kids in my youth group. I didn't even know half my kids, much less any of the parents. But, but, but I used to go to Quick Trip in Tulsa every morning on the way to the church office. I'd just go in. And this is not healthy. Don't do this. But I'd go in and, and, and get a, I think it was a coolie back then. That's what they called it. Some of you all may remember. If you do, you're really old as am I but I don't remember either because I am older I just don't remember but one morning I get up and 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 I'm living this out I I I felt like the Holy Spirit said don't go don't go to the where you usually go and I thought the Holy Spirit was saying you you know you got to get off of coolies but uh, coolies and Red Bull if these are my worst habits you got to understand that's not too bad now some of y'all think I'm going to die drinking Red Bull and, and there's some truth to that but I'll die with a smile on my face. <laughs> and in honor of me, whether they burn me or bury me, I'd like for you to bring Red Bull to my funeral and celebrate. <laughs> and Susan would kill me right now early if I talked about dying, but I'm going to die. We're all going to die. It's a reality. I, I know you feel blessed and encouraged this morning. I just do this to help you grow in Christ. You're welcome. So, anyway, I, I thought, man, I was bummed out. I had my coolie cup already. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. I, it's not about the coolie. It's about where you get the coolie. It's about the place. So, I, 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 there were quick trips all over Tulsa. It was no problem at all. It's like on cue here uh, on steroids. And so uh, I, I remembered there was another quick trip, several en route to the office. So I just, I, I felt like I found one. I thought, I felt like a green light. It wasn't like angels standing in the entrances saying, thou shalt not enter. None of that. So I go in and I, I get my coolie. I'm, I'm happy camper. I'm doing good now. I got my coolie. It's a beautiful sunshiny morning. And I walk out. And when you're a youth pastor, when somebody mentions your name, you kind of duck. 
You know what's coming your way, whether it's a water balloon, some kid's going to play a stupid game on you or something. So I, somebody said, Mark, and I looked over, and, and, and there was a family, and their, their kids, their teenagers were with them. I recognized them because they were very active in the youth group. And mom and dad were in the car, the front seat, and they were taking the kids to school at the place right office. We had a Christian school. They said, come here. And they said, you know, I, I kind of like, I thought they are probably going to clean my clock because, you know, if you think I'm a little raucous now, you should see me as a youth pastor. So I thought well, they might be correcting me for something I said in a youth meeting or something. You know, I, I, I wasn't full of faith at that moment. They said, we just want to thank you for all you do for our kids and for the kids of this community and this church and yada, yada. They're very nice. And so I said, well, you know, it's my, my pleasure. I, I love teenagers. I used to. Uh, I love you. And so I get ready to leave, and the guy says, we just want to give you something. So he reaches out his hand, and he, and he landed me with a $100 bill. you got to understand, that was like ten grand. And all that to say, this was the place. If I'd have gone to my other place, I would have been $100 shy that day of what I experienced. I learned that day the value and the importance of, of not taking routines for granted because our human routines oftentimes will cost us God's favor and blessing because we're just doing life by rote instead of by the Spirit of God. God has a plan for your life every day, not just a, a this big professional vocational plan, but God has a strategic plan for your life every day. So when you get up in the morning, say, God, you order my steps today, so please help me to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to go, what to say. Help me. You say, that's just too much trouble. Let me tell you, when you start encountering what you will encounter, when you surrender your skill to his will, it's amazing what God will do. And so that, that changed everything for me. And I never forgot it. I'll never forget it. I'll be telling that story the rest of my life to remind me, don't just get up, look at your to-do list, and start doing it. Submit your to-do list to God and say, God, today... Are there any things, is there anything on this list you want me to remove? And when do you want me to do it? Now, you're thinking I'm hyper-spiritual right now, but I'm telling you, the favor of God begins to move in our lives when we put ourselves in that place. The righteousness of God in Christ, it begins with putting our lives in His hands. It's where the favor of God comes. Surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with favor as with a shield. Second thing is love and faithfulness. Love and faithfulness will produce favor. Now, sometimes you feel unappreciated. Nobody acknowledges you. Nobody says thank you. Nobody says anything. You're not doing what you do for the applause and praise of men. You're doing it for the favor and blessing of God. You cannot be a blessing unless you are blessed. He said, Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So if you're pursuing being a blessing before you're blessed, you ain't going to have much blessing to bless anybody with. I'm pursuing the blessing of God, and hopefully there'll be enough to spill out on everybody I come in contact with. See, religious people hate it when they say, well, you, you just give to get. No, I give because God said if I did, I'd get it. He said... Give and it shall be given, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And, and, you know, if you can't buy into that, how much of the Bible are you not going to buy into? 
We get so religious and caught up in this, these, this, these different Christianese language things. The reality is God set it up to where he wants to bless you. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love and faithfulness. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. See, if you're mean, cantankerous, it's no wonder you're not blessed. I know all of y'all are good, but 930, there are some folks. People say, I, 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 you know, there are people who actually get mad when other people get blessed. <laughs> Can I just say this just off the cuff? That's just dumb. It's, when somebody else gets blessed, don't get mad at them. Take them to lunch. Don't get mad at people who are walking in what you want to walk in, experiencing what you want to experience. Don't get mad at them. Applaud them, love them, bless them, ask them questions. Learn, grow. Get under the, the spout where the glory and everything else is coming out. That was an angelic amen. You don't have to have an impressive resume. You don't have to have an I, high IQ. You just got to find that place in God. There was a guy that wanted to help his, his grandmother. She was getting older, and she had a big plot of land way outside of town. And uh, he wanted to help her. He, he, she, he knew what she needed, and, and he gave her far more money for that property than, than what it was valued at just because he loved her and knew that she was getting older and needed to get into a place where she could be better cared for. So he bought it, and he got a, got, kind of got interested. One day he was out, out working the land, and he kept hitting something under the surface of the dirt. He just kept hitting this, this stuff and, and, and scraping off the topsoil of that dirt. And underneath it was this particular was rock. And he, he couldn't figure out what it was, why there was so much everywhere he went as he was plowing up this land and, and cleaning it up. And finally, he called a geologist out and said, I, I, need to, uh, I need you to look at something. I keep running into this rock. Well, long story short, the stone that was underneath the ground was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It was a very unique stone used for landscaping and other things. So he pays his grandmother. He found himself in a place without understanding, just knowing he could be a blessing to his grandmother, and he ends up becoming worth hundreds of millions of dollars. True story. Just because he put himself in a place for God to be, because he was a blessing, and now God said, I'm going to bless you so you can be even a greater blessing. Folks, let me say this. Rather than getting angry where you're at right now about your life, what you have, what you don't have, why don't you start asking God, God, where do you want me to be? Because I know there's a place where your blessing resides for me. 
Before Jesus was going to die, he said, go in, get a colt. He said, there's an upper room, there's a room. And then we go to Acts, and there's an upper, meet in the upper room, the Spirit of God. There were specific places that God had people go where he had already prepared a blessing for them when they got there. How many of you realize that there's possibly places out there that you have yet to go that God told you to go? That's where your blessing is, that's where your favor is, but you've not gone there yet. You need to get up on Monday morning and say, God, Pastor talked about this. Where is your blessing and favor in my life? Some of you are working at the same place just because it's been convenient for you. Don't go quit your job tomorrow. But ask God, God, is this where you want me? I quit a really good job to go into ministry. It was the scariest thing ever when I felt like God told me, go back to college, learn what you're talking about, because people wanted me to come and share my story because it was was a pretty strong testimony for young people because I was an idiot when I was young. (laughs) Yeah, some of you think that's cute. It wasn't so cute. Miserable. So I started sharing in churches, and they all loved the story, but then I realized I really didn't know much about God. And so I quit my job. And, and, and to go back to college, which was going to cost me $100,000, I was old enough to where nobody was paying. But I put myself in a place for God to do something. When I came to Oklahoma City from South Texas, this was God's place for me. The reason that, that everything in my life went so well wasn't because I was so brilliant. Trust me, I was in the 20% of the class, graduating class that made the upper 80% possible. I made all the brilliant upper-scale people look really good because I, I took my place. You have a place in God and in this world where God is going to bless you. But you have to be faithful to get there. See, some people quit prematurely and they just stop and say, you know, this is not working. I had a friend who had a church for many, many, many years. It never grew. It didn't do anything. I, I even preached for him once and I thought... I would quit if this is what I had to look at. But he just stayed faithful, stayed loving. And, and after many years, his church just blew up. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people, but it didn't happen overnight. And it didn't look like it would ever happen. And quite frankly, he's a really decent communicator. There's nothing fantastic, but he stayed faithful to God. You see, it's not about your skill. It's about your surrendered will to God. If you have a surrendered will, God will give you the skill to do whatever he wants you to do in order to bless your life. God will do that. Then thirdly, wisdom and understanding will produce the favor of God. So we have righteousness, love, faithfulness. The reason I'm breaking this down in teaching mode today is because I want you to grasp that God has not forgotten you. You've not experienced any blessing in your life, maybe, or that you can really remember or or of any significance to you. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with you asking God to order your steps, to put you in places and in front of people that will be a blessing to your life. And you know what? If you commit to be a blessing, you will be blessed. If you commit to be a blessing. Now, if you want to build bigger barns and keep building bigger barns, that may be a different story. You have to talk to God. But the purpose is, when he told Abraham, he said, I want to bless you, but here's why I want to bless you. I want you to be a blessing. 
And so we have to understand, to keep this pure, this is not about hoarding. This is about giving yourself to the will of God. And once the will of God happens in your life, you will help it happen in other people's lives. There's nothing like giving. There's nothing like passing along the blessing and favor of God. Proverbs 8.1 says, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? In other words, they're beckoning you. In James, it says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally. When's the last time you asked for wisdom? i got to tell you right now, it's been over a week for me. I'm overdue. I wish I got up every day and remembered, God, give me wisdom. You know, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, there are days I miss, and I shouldn't. I, I'm getting ready to do, like, some kind of refrigerator thing. Because we all visit that sucker. I really want to say something, but I won't. Go ahead and talk me into it. Really? See, y'all are pulling on sin right now. Shame on you. I used, when I was teaching in London for three years and training leaders over there, I used to tell them that nobody needs to go, go, to, go to war with America. We're eating ourselves to death. See, you're the reason I said that, and then that's a response I get. Thank you very little. Never again will I listen to you. I just opened something up. Shut up. I am. I'm really trying, but I'm afraid I might need an escort out of here. Proverbs 8:34 says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway, for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. God didn't say, I harm you, you harm yourself. All who hate me love death. Well, I don't think we have any haters here, but I think we probably have some people that, that we, we fail to get up and say, God, today, today, what are my steps? Put me in a place, in a position to be blessed by you. And then the last thing is, and I, I don't, you know, I'm just being really honest. There are parts of the Bible I don't, I don't really like. I think God's okay with that because I'm still breathing. And the reason I don't like it is not because I don't think it's valuable or good. But applying it is, is kind of difficult. And, and so this scripture I'm about to quote to you, it disturbs me because for some reason, women, God really esteems you. Thank you. Yeah. See there, women, I gave you a real fair chance to go hallelujah. Elbow your husband and say, just listen to this right now. And I don't know about you single people. I don't know where this fits, but it says... He who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. See, I don't like that. I wish you would have said a woman who finds a husband finds a really stud thing. <laughs> and receives favor from the Lord. That's what I'd like. And I'll tell you, that sucker would be pasted all over my house. You found me, honey. I'm the reason you're favored. But women are so nice. They don't do that. Women are so... Okay. 
Good luck to your husband. <laughs> that sucker will never forget it. Wake up! <laughs> wow. I thought the circus left town. Anyway, so honestly, guys, if you are married, your wife is not your problem. Don't even show up on Mother's Day. It would be a wasted sermon. I'm trying to help you ladies here. And you're sitting there all meek and mild. No, you need to roar. Yeah, that wasn't great. But it'll do. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. The only thing I like about it is they call God's word calls you a thing. <laughs> well, I was, guys, I gave you a shot. All of y'all are hurting today right now, I'm telling you. But receiving favor from the Lord, righteousness, love and faithfulness, wisdom and understanding. Your wife is a good thing, and you're receiving favor from the Lord. Listen. In a world that is constantly competing and trying to get ahead instead of trying to get in the right place for God's blessing and favor, we need to join the ranks of those saying, you know what, I'm not in competition with anybody but me. And I'm in control of nothing but myself. You cannot control anybody. But you can control you. That's why one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, not others' control. I, I, can't, control, I can't control Susan. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so my thing is now, it doesn't matter what you do, she does, or anybody does. I can exercise self-control and experience the joy and favor and blessing and peace of God. And when somebody gets mean to you, don't get mean back. Somebody raises their voice, you don't raise their voice back. Just smile, unless you're a teenager. Because then mom and dad be going, what are you smiling about? <laughs> This is getting ready to hurt. Why do you think so funny? Anyway. I probably should move right along. You have not been left out. You have not been forgotten by God. But maybe you have forgotten. And maybe you have removed yourself from the place of God's blessing. The place of God's favor. I pray this all the time. I quote it all the time. For surely, O oh Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround Mark Crow with favor as with a shield. And, and the reason I do that is because it honors God. When you declare God's word and you, you say it out loud and you declare it, what you're doing is you're honoring God saying, I believe you are trustworthy. You are faithful God. And whatever you say, I believe is going to happen in my life. And don't let go of it. Don't quit. Don't stop. Many people just get exhausted spiritually, mentally, emotionally, get exhausted. And, and I use God's word because he's the one that established the covenant, not me. He's the one who did. So the establisher of the covenant is responsible for the fulfillment of that covenant. God's responsible. You're not. Now, you are responsible to submit and surrender to the one who made the covenant to stay in covenant with him. But he's the blesser, and you are the blessed. 
He's the favor giver, and you're the favor receiver. Don't let go of it. Don't talk yourself out of it, and don't let anybody else. If they call you a Jesus freak, guilty as charged. I believe it all to be true. And it's not because I'm good. It's because he's good. Never forget that because you're going to have some bad days and in some of your worst days, God shows up to bless you and the devil condemns you for the blessing that you didn't deserve, which you didn't deserve even when you were good. Whew, don't ask me to say that one again. Remember, I was in the 20% of the class that couldn't remember. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your love, for your mercy, for everything that you do to make wonderful things in life happen for us and to us so Lord today our hearts and our lives are surrendered to you our wills are surrendered to you our minds are surrendered to you our very footsteps are surrendered to you that we would end up today throughout this day and throughout every day we would end up in places where we would find you encounter you your wisdom your mercy your love your faithfulness that we would be in those places with every head bowed, every eye closed, we want to pray a simple prayer that will make a profound difference in the lives of those of you who have not accepted Christ yet, and you want to. Uh, going to heaven, as I've stated, is, is the part that I find very simple because Jesus paid the price. You can't do one thing other than accept him and the work that he did to go to heaven. That's all it is. That's all you can do. Now, getting heaven to earth to get the blessing of heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that requires a part, our role, to surrender and submit to him. So let's all pray this prayer today. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today I'm saved, forgiven, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to ask you to text the word saved. Please don't miss this. Pick up your smartphone. Be smart. Pick up your smartphone. Text the word saved, 405-513-10. This is for you, just making that statement, just declaring. Uh, and we pray for all of you that are saved and got saved today and gave your life to Jesus. We're believing, God, that you'll begin to walk in the steps that I've talked about today and not just be saved, but experience the favor of God and the blessing of God. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.